0: in ministry TechCast. we'd like to welcome all of our listeners out there so glad you joined us today as we are going to dive into the subject of compression which is definitely a subject that many of us don't know that much about and i would say over the last couple years has really transformed my understanding of sound so i for the longest time was probably like many of you who knew that compression was important and that it was a feature but It all seemed like legend and lore of like, well, you're supposed to put compression on a kick drum. And then I would try and do that and all it would do would be sound muddy and sound bad. And I was like, well, I don't have time to mess with this. And I would figure out ways to make it as good as I could based on the gear that I have. So if you have a digital soundboard, you have a compressor for every channel. If you are rocking an analog board, some of those will have a compressor, But most of the time, you'll have to use what's called outboard gear, which means that it's outside of your board and you can buy strips of compression. And every compressor sounds a little different. So as you start diving into this, people are going to start referring to, oh, well, that's an 1176, that's an LA-2A, that's a blah, 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 blah. And then you go to look at how much some of those things cost if you were to buy the physical outboard unit. And they get into the multiple of thousands of dollars for one channel. But thankfully, there are a lot of ways to add compression to your signal chain at the various stages that sound happens. So that can be as simple as just using compression in the form of a pedal for guitar players and bass players. And certainly then amps have compressors. And like I said, sound boards will typically have compression. But I'm going to make a bold statement and say really what I have found is that the difference between good and great sound is going to be effective use of compression. And part of that is because compression does a couple things. Number one, it's going to limit the dynamic range. And that's a pretty fancy term to throw out there. But what that means is that it keeps things from being too loud and then it brings the things that are quiet up to a medium level. So it not only restricts the sound, it will also enhance the other sound, making everything more even. And while that sounds like maybe that's a bad idea, because then you would lose dynamics, which dynamics means to change, what you will find is that in all of the music that you're listening to on the radio and on recordings has already had that done to it. And you would say, no, no, it sounds different here and there. And it might be slightly louder, but most of it is what we would call perceived dynamics that the difference between a whisper and a shout isn't volume it's actually the tone of the voice. So listen for that as you're listening to recordings and you'll kind of hear it where all of the syllables in a phrase sound exactly the same volume but they're not exactly the same. Again perceived dynamics versus actual dynamics. So then the other thing that compression does is it changes the flavor of the sound or what we would call the color of the sound. So it can make things sound darker and then depending on which compressor you're using, it can make it sound brighter. It can add what's called grit, which is almost like distortion, but it just gives it a little different sound than what it would be on its own. So for a band, this has a lot of practical applications, certainly in restricting the sound just to make it more even. So you've got a guitar player that's playing out of control and one section's really loud and then the next section's too quiet, or you've got vocalists that shout and then whisper. You can bring all of those levels to be about the same so that way it's not out of control. And certainly even pastors, you know, I know lots of pastors that will be whispering and then all of a sudden turn to shouting and you feel like as a sound person, you've got to have your hand on the fader ready at any moment to catch those things, well, you can compress those things to where they're going to help you not have to be as busy or active. So some of those things I just mentioned have to do with musicianship. Hey, just don't play as out of control or even out your performance. But there's also quite a few things that compression does that are outside of our ability. And we'll talk about those in a future episode, but I just want you to kind of see what it can do and this podcast is heavily compressed so i just want to give you an example of what this microphone and my voice sounds like without compression and so this is just the microphone without anything on it this is how it sounds so now i'm going to start adding in compression and immediately you're going to find that hey it's starting to get a little dark Well, in order to compensate for the darkness that comes with adding compression, you then add EQ to make it brighter. So this is what it sounds like when you start adding in that EQ. And we'll take a little bit of the lows out and we'll add some of the highs back in. And specifically, we're going to add some of the very highs back in around what we would call 10K. So the term that's being thrown around now is adding air back in. So as I start to add this air back in, you will also start to notice something very interesting, which is that all of my S's become overly pronounced. That is called sibilance, which has a lot of sibilance in it to begin with. So now you need another tool to counteract all of this S sound, and that is a de which I discovered like a year ago and have never been the same since. So you're actually creating a problem that creates a problem that you're then going to fix with something else in order to sound amazing. So now I'm going to throw on what's called a de So this de is also a compressor, but what it does is it only works for a certain part of the sound spectrum. So when I turn it on, it's only listening for sounds that are going to be up in that high sibilance range. And as soon as I make a sound that will trigger that, then it will turn it down and make it darker so that way the S's sound normal. So you're sprinkling that in to taste to make it sound right. Now through those three processes, now we get a very even and good sounding crisp tone. So if you have a digital soundboard, the chances are extremely high that you at least have some de built into your program. And I would put one on whoever is speaking that day and then certainly on the main vocal and then any other microphone that would have people talking into it. So I know that is maybe some new information and just a place to get you pointed towards some things, but it really will help you in a lot of ways. So compressors, de-essers, and then EQing things to make it all sound right. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. If there's anything that we can do for you, please don't hesitate to ask. You can email us at musicandministryconference at gmail.com or you can contact us through our website at musicandministry.co.com. Well, until next time, have a fantastic week and God bless.